Welcome to episode 198 of the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to helping engineers and technical professionals with both their personal and professional development. In this episode, I'm speaking to the Regional Geotechnical Engineer at Professional Services, Inc., Chris Marshall. I'm going to ask Chris to explain to us the strategies he uses when dealing with everyday distractions in his engineering career, specifically around daily and weekly productivity planning and one specific technique. I'm your host, Anthony Fasano. I'm a licensed professional engineer who practiced as an engineer, but eventually decided I wanted to focus more on inspiring engineers rather than doing the engineering myself. So since then, I've written a book called Engineer Your Own Success and have traveled the world helping engineers. And through this podcast, myself and my co-host, Chris Knudsen, try to bring you information that can help you succeed in every episode. Now, people have their doubts about this podcast taking off, but since inception, we've had close to 2 million downloads and have been cited by Forbes as one of the top 15 most inspiring podcasts for professionals. Let me tell you a little bit more about our guest for today's episode, Chris Marshall. Chris has over 20 years of experience in the area of geotechnical engineering. He earned a bachelor's degree in civil engineering from the University of Memphis and a master's degree in civil engineering from Georgia Institute of Technology. Chris currently serves as a regional engineer for a geotechnical consulting firm in Houston. He has worked on a variety of projects throughout his career. Representative projects include highways, levees, LNG facilities, landfills, and commercial development. He's also been very active as a member of the American Society of Civil Engineers and Transportation Research Board. Chris is just a really good guy. I know him. I've met him. He's been a member of our community, our membership community, and I got to meet him at one of our events. So we've known each other for a while, and this was a topic that I'm interested in, and I'm sure all engineers get distracted and have to battle to focus on things. And that's why I wanted to have him on the show. Now, before we get started, this is a free show and our sponsors help us keep it free. So please support them. Now I'd like to recognize our sponsors for this episode. And firstly, I'd like to recognize our sponsor PPI by asking you to listen up later on in this podcast for my advice on how to advance your career in 2019. I'll be sharing info on where to find practical tips and time-tested resources for your licensure exam. Don't miss it. I would also like to recognize and welcome our other sponsor for this episode, WPI. If you're in the market for a master's degree, you're going to love our sponsor. Worcester Polytechnic Institute was one of the first engineering and technology universities in the U.S., and they now offer their most popular graduate programs 100% online. Level up in robotics, data science, power systems, mechanical engineering, biotechnology, systems engineering, and more from anywhere in the world. Stay tuned for more about WPI later in this episode. Let me bring you into our main segment with a quote that is applicable to today's topic. The quote is from Seth Godin. A woodpecker can tap 20 times on a thousand trees and get nowhere, but stay busy. Or he can tap 20,000 times on one tree and get dinner. All right, now I'd like to welcome our guest to the Engineering Career Coach podcast today, Chris Marshall. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Anthony. So Chris has over 20 years of experience as an engineer. He works in the field of geotechnical engineering. And Chris and I know each other for a little while now. He's been involved in our community. He's been a listener of the podcast. I got to meet him at one of our events. 
and we've kept in touch. And he reached out to me with this great topic of this maker schedule versus manager schedule, which we're going to dive into. But before we get there, Chris, even though I have given our listeners some information about you, in your own words, maybe you could describe some of your daily tasks and responsibilities. I work for a geotechnical engineering company in Houston, and I serve two roles. One is as a regional engineer and also as a principal consultant. So as a principal consultant, I'm mainly responsible for reviewing any proposals or reports before they go out to the client. As a regional engineer, I'm focused more on the technical quality of the work performed in our department. So my responsibilities may include uh, assisting staff on technically complex projects, improving templates and worksheets that we use daily, and uh, mentoring junior staff. So in addition, I'm involved with business development. So I meet with clients, prepare and give lunch and learn presentations, and then also still do some project management and engineering design work. Okay, wow. So you got a wide variety of things that you work on there, which probably is part of what leads us into the topic for today. Chris and I had gone back and forth on talking about some different topics to do for an episode. And something that he brought up that I thought was really great was this scheduling, the idea of scheduling, somewhat tied into productivity. But leading up to that, Chris, what you mentioned to me just in general was problems about dealing with daily distractions. Maybe you can talk about that first. So I usually begin my day by creating a to-do list and trying to identify what the highest priorities for me for that day are, whether I have certain means to go to, reports to review, or certain deliverables that have to go out. But I'm also resourced for about 10 other engineers in our department. So if they have a question on how to handle something on a project or if a field issue comes up, they come to me for advice and suggestions. So I might have somebody coming into my office with questions every 10 or 15 minutes. So I'm constantly switching back and forth between trying to help out other people and getting the tasks that I need to do myself done. I understand that and I hear you 100%. I mean, here at the Engineering Management Institute, I'm managing a team of people. I'm also creating content on a regular basis like these podcasts and videos and doing training. And so I hear you. It's kind of like you have big things you have to move forward yourself, but at the same time, you have people that are relying on you for information. They're looking at you for direction. So you're kind of having to balance those few things. And I think it's something I would have to say that most engineers deal with this, maybe not early in your career, but definitely as you move up in your careers, you are experiencing this or you will experience this. What we talked about a little bit, Chris and I, in terms of dealing with this was this idea of the maker schedule versus the manager schedule. Chris, maybe you could talk on this and introduce the topic. Um, Yeah, I ran across this article a while back uh, by Paul Graham. It was a blog that he wrote and it was titled uh, Maker Schedule and Manager Schedule. And it talks about two different types of schedules. So the manager schedule, they're going to meetings, sending emails, making calls, you know, a lot of tasks that are pretty short increments, and then they can jump from one thing to the n- another pretty easily. On the other hand, you have the maker schedule, which they talk about writers or computer programmers, but I think engineers also fall into that category. But on the maker schedule, you really need large blocks of time to work effectively. So they may block out, you know, half a day or a whole day for one task so they can work with no interruptions and really be productive and uh, really get into a deep focus on the task. 
But I guess where the issue comes in is when you have a role like myself where it's part maker schedule and part manager schedule and how to manage that and, and jump back and forth between the two. I really love this concept and the article is great. And we will link to the article by Paul Graham, which was written in 2009 called Maker Schedule, Manager Schedule. It's really like the leading article on the topic. Other articles that I've read, they all reference his article. And basically, he at one time was a developer, a software developer, a coder. And I guess in order for him to get really great work done, he needed big chunks of time. And it was difficult for him to get that time because there were business things that he had to do and management things that he had to do. So what he would do, and believe me, I know this won't work for engineers, but he would basically do all the business stuff. He would start his day at 11 a.m. He would do all the business tasks and management stuff until he went home for dinner. And then after dinner, he would spend from after dinner till about two, three in the morning doing his coding and development work because it was quiet. He could get a huge block of time. And that was kind of the schedule that he created to be able to be successful. And he incorporated like a maker's and manager's schedule throughout the day. Now, of course, by no means are Chris and I suggesting that you stay up to 3 a.m. or roll into your office at 11 a.m. I think engineers, most engineers would get fired if they did that. But the point that he makes in the article is good because as Chris said, certainly these makers can be engineers fall into that category because it's basically what he's saying is anyone that has to really design something or work on something that they're creating. And so, of course, engineers are constantly designing projects, right? Specifications, creating plans. And so you need large chunks of time to do that. Now, what I will say is typically that designing work happens earlier in your career, but not necessarily. Some companies do have technical tracks, like I know Chris's company does, where you can remain doing technical work for a lot of your career. And as a manager, oftentimes you'll need to sit down and review a full set of plans or specifications or some kind of client request that will also require focus and that creative type of energy. I think you have to consider as an engineer and you have to think about building blocks of time into your schedule that will allow you to kind of do this maker type work. And Chris, why don't you talk a little bit about how you address this in your own personal career in terms of strategies that you may have used with these different scheduling concepts? And this is still a work in progress. I'm always trying to figure out better ways to do it, but one of the things you mentioned was, you know, basically working outside normal business hours. Um, it's not ideal, but lots of times on the weekends or in the evenings when you know there's the phone's not going to be ringing, there's not going to be many emails coming in, nobody knocking on your door. That's been valuable time to try to get work done. And uh, sometimes during the, the day, you know, I just have to close my door and, you know, I guess if there's an emergency, people will come, but just try to let people know that I'm focused on one task at this period of time and try to get a little bit of focus and reduce the number of distractions there. And sometimes I just have to tell my department manager, look, I got this, this, and this that need to be done by this date. And so can you ask another one of the principal consultants to review these reports for the next couple of days until I can get over this hump? It's a perfect world if you're working only in work hours, especially if you're manager and executive, you own your own company. The lines certainly get blurred into when you're working and when you're not. But sometimes it's just more productive, some of those off hours, to get things done. But the one thing that's important to think about is you may have to have both of these types of time incorporated into your schedule. For example, one of the articles from Farnham Street, which we'll also link to, talked about Elon Musk as an example. 
His schedule involves a great deal of managing as the head of multiple major companies, but he also spends an estimated 80% of his time on designing and engineering. And so apparently he's really adept at switching between the two schedules, the maker and the manager, and he planning his plans his schedule out in advance. What I think is important though, based on what Chris said is, you know, if you're thinking about closing your door when you need that maker time as opposed to the manager time, I think communicating that with people around you is important. Letting your staff know or your team know, like, listen, I'm pretty busy in terms of I need to get through a certain set of documents that I have to review. It's really critical and I need three hours of solid focus to do it. So I'm going in the conference room for the next three hours and I'm not going to be available. But after that, I'll be open and available the rest of the day. And I think that this is important because you could be very productive and you could be really good at managing your schedule back and forth. But if you're not communicating that with people, they might think that you're not available to them, which is making their job harder. They may not understand that you need that maker time to be able to do creative work or review work or design work. I just think it's important to have open lines of communication, which is what I try to do with our staff is that if I know I'm going to be unavailable for a period of hours, I'll usually let them know like, hey, I'm not going to be available in the next three or four hours. Just leave me a message and I'll get back to you if you need information. And so I found that to be helpful, Chris. What are your thoughts on that? Sometimes I feel like a dilemma is if a young engineer comes in with a question and sometimes I give them a short answer rather than going into a lot of detail on how to explain anything because I'm looking, I have to get this proposal out by five o'clock this afternoon or whatever. So I'm wondering if sometimes I might come off a little bit short to them, but obviously if I communicate better and make sure they understand, hey, I got to get this out, but you know, we can come back and discuss this topic more detail tomorrow or something. I think that would really be helpful as well. Before we go on here with Chris, I just want to take a short break to once again, recognize our sponsor, WPI. Thanks again to WPI for sponsoring this episode. Their part-time online graduate programs are specially designed for the working professional's hectic life. You'll earn the same degree as on-campus students without pressing pause on your career. Find out why WPI's faculty was named number one in combining research and teaching by the Wall Street Journal. Visit go.wpi.edu slash T-E-C-C to explore over 15 graduate degree programs in science, technology, and engineering. That's go, the number two, dot, wpi.edu slash T-E-C-C. If you've been thinking about grad school, this is your sign. Yeah, and the other thing that I'll mention here too that I think is an important component of this conversation is Taylor Pearson who has a website, taylorpearson.me, writes about a lot of interesting articles. And I often read his work and sometimes write related articles for engineers. But one of the articles that he wrote recently was talking about the amount of productivity, productive hours you can actually go through in a week. So what I mean by that is, is you could be the best productive scheduling planner in the world where you have your whole week charted out. You're going to do you know eight or nine hours of work every day, maybe even 10 if you find the time. And you're going to do maker this amount of time, manager this amount of time. But the reality of it is that engineering requires a lot of thought. And your brain can only do so much engineering in one week. Like the quality of your work is going to diminish at a certain period of time. So one of the things that's really important for you to think about when you're planning out your weeks and thinking about what you're going to work on is how much brain power do you have to work on that type of a task? 
for me, it's been helpful because I do like to work early in the morning. And that's actually when I get my best work done, which is, believe it or not, really early, like five, sometimes 5.30 to 7. But for me, late afternoon, my brain is pretty much fried. So I can't really do anything in the late afternoon. Now, the other part about this too, that's important, I think, to understand is you need to know how you operate. So for me, I know like in the evening, I just can read some things and that's like about it. I know that I have to do my really like writing and creative stuff early in the day. And again, everyone's different. Like I was telling you about the coder goes till 3 a.m. Some of the most famous authors that have ever written books would write all night through the night. These are things you need to learn about yourself when you're trying to plan your schedule because Chris and I can tell you to do this and do that. And some of these thinking about the makers and manager schedules, I think is helpful for anybody, but you also have to know yourself. Do you find that to be the case for you, Chris, that there's different things you have to think about at the times of the day? Absolutely. And, you know, there's the energy levels, uh, you know, the early afternoon after lunch is sometimes tough if you're trying to slog through a, a report or something. So fun, you know, that time might be better for emails or making some phone calls, talking to people probably at that period of time. I think another pitfall I run into a lot is saying, okay, I have eight hours today, so I'm going to do this task, this task, and really schedule things out when inevitably there's always unexpected things that come up. So I think if I probably allowed some more slack in the schedule just for the stuff that you know is going to come up, then you're, you know, that's kind of built in the schedule more. Yeah, exactly. You can never plan your schedule 100% out without any contingencies, especially as an engineering professional, because for a living, we solve problems, which means we get calls with problems kind of like all day, every day. And so you need to count account for that because if you don't, it's going to do two things. Number one, it's going to blow your schedule up and it's you're not going to get done what you want to get done. But the second thing that's important is that mentally it's going to mess with you because if you have your day set on five tasks and because of problems that arise, you only get two to three of them done, you're not going to be happy. You're going to feel like you're unproductive. And it's all because you were probably too aggressive in what you thought you were going to get done and you weren't realistic. I'm all for lofty goals and being super productive, but I also understand that things happen, which is part of your career, part of the business of engineering. Definitely factor those in when you're doing your weekly planning or daily planning, however you end up doing it. So Chris, we're talking a lot about personal productivity here. Talked about the makers and managers schedule, incorporating maybe both of them into your schedule, depending on the level of your career that you're at. Let's talk about ways to promote these strategies over an office or through a company. What are some thoughts on that? Yeah, Anthony, I think it would be great if you can set up standard times for any recurring meetings or if you could have protected blocks of time where, you know, everybody understands, you know, Friday morning, people are going to be doing this and have deep focus time. But I think it's really challenging, though, when we're not even dealing with people in our department, which is about 15 people, but then you have other parts of the company or dealing with client schedules. So it seems to just be very challenging to try to sell it, set up consistent and uh, schedules for the department or a larger group. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think one of the things you can do is, and again, this lends itself to a lot of the stuff we talk about on the podcast in regards to your own confidence and your own public speaking abilities. If you find this podcast helpful, and again, we're going to link to these articles that we're referring to in the show notes, put together a presentation on makers and manager schedules and give a brown bag lunch at your office. I mean, listen, 
the way to affect change in organizations is, first of all, you need to distribute the information in these different concepts and see who's going to grab onto it. Somebody may be interested in grabbing onto it and helping you to move it forward. And the only way that happens is for you to get it out there. And if you do that, a couple of good things are going to happen. Number one, you're going to become a better speaker because every time you speak, you become a better speaker. Number two, you're going to build your confidence because every time you speak, you build your confidence. And number three, you might just find somebody to help you and you might make some changes in your company that are noticed and very impactful, which again could help with your career development. And I found when I do trainings, I have a session that I do for engineering companies on productivity. And I find that when I do that, implementation of those strategies provides massive positive impacts to the company. Because just think about what Chris and I are talking about here. If you get a handful of people in your company alone, especially at the managerial level, to make a change like this and improve their personal productivity and maybe their team productivity, it can have a massively positive impact on the bottom line of the company. I know it's not easy to necessarily make any kind of change like this within an organization, but to me, it's one of those changes that if made can have a high return on investment. So if you're a young engineer up and coming, looking to do some things in your company, shake some things up, put together a brown bag lunch on this topic or any of the topics you might've heard on one of the podcasts and give it to your company and just see where that takes you. What are your thoughts on that, Chris? Just bringing this awareness to people and kind of thinking of things in this duality of there are different types of schedules and different types of work tasks that require different type of focuses. I think just bringing awareness to that with your managing group and leaders and staff, I definitely think it would be allow you to make some changes in the department that will definitely lead to improve productivity. And one of the things I want to mention, and this is mentioned in one of the articles, and I've read the book before, book called Deep Work by Cal Newport. And I think I've mentioned this for sure on other podcasts, but Newport is kind of seen as one of the really thought leaders on this topic of focus in the workplace. And he wrote this book called Deep Work, and it's phenomenal. And if you listen to it, I like listening to it on the audio. He really talks about the importance of doing deep work, which again, is getting into that maker schedule, at least for some parts of your week and how it's become such a commodity these days, such a a valuable commodity because most people can't focus and don't put themselves in those situations. So I am a big believer that if you implement this, you'll be in the minority in your field. And whenever you're in the minority in your field in that way, it usually brings about good results for yourself. So think about this. Think about what kind of work you need to be doing, whether it's maker's work, manager's work, or a little bit of both. And think about how you can split your week up to accomplish that. And then also think about how you can communicate that to your company for multiple reasons like we talked about. Number one, you need to communicate it with the people around you, your team, whether you're the manager or someone on the team, so that they understand your schedule and why you're doing it. And then also ways to communicate it to the company on a broader level So that maybe you can, like I said, affect some change and get other people in the company to think about that because it is one of those things that really matters. But a lot of times people don't think about it and that's the problem. So what we're going to do now is I'm going to have Chris stay with me and we're going to come back in our Take Action Today segment of the episode. And we're going to try to wrap this one up for you with something that you could do immediately to take action on these scheduling concepts. So stick around.
Now it's time for our Take Action Today segment of the show. And this is the segment where we try to wrap the episode up and leave you with one action item that you can take action on the content. And Chris and I are going to challenge you in a moment here. But before we do that, I want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor for this episode, PPI. Do you feel stuck in your job? Not sure how to move forward? All of us have been there at one point. One surefire way to move up in your career is to get your engineering license. The best place to gather info on licensure and pick from multiple print and digital review options is PPI2Pass.com. PPI has helped over 4 million engineers pass their licensure exam and become leaders in their fields. They offer licensure exam prep for the FE, PE, and SE exams. So no matter where you are on your path to career advancement, you can count on PPI support. Take the first step towards making 2019 a great year for you professionally and check out everything PPI offers to make your journey to engineering licensure as smooth as possible. Visit PPI2Pass.com to find essential licensure exam prep books, digital review, and helpful tips and advice. That's PPI, the number two, P-A-S-S. All right. So I'm back with Chris Marshall and we're talking about productivity, but specifically your weekly schedule, weekly planning. We've talked a lot about this idea of the maker's schedule versus the manager's schedule. Maker's schedule being more for people that do design and creative work where they need large blocks of time to do this work, large blocks of focus time. Whereas managers being people that manage a lot of tasks or people and they're doing a lot of things throughout their day. So they don't necessarily need long periods of time. They're more on like a reactive basis, I would say, is the way that they operate. And neither one is necessarily better than the other. It depends on what stage of your career you're in and what your responsibilities are. So that being said, Chris and I covered a lot on this topic and we want to leave you with something that you can take away and actually do immediately. And so something for you to try would be look at your calendar. You know, a challenge to look at your calendar, first of all, to think about whether you're a maker or a manager, or you have to do both responsibilities. Look at your calendar for the next week and block off certain times for either maker time or manager time. And Chris, you had mentioned something about the office hours. Maybe you could speak on that a little bit. That might be helpful. Some of the articles that Anthony referred to, they talk about assigning office hours. And I guess, depending on your schedule, if it's if you're mostly a manager, then setting aside some dedicated time specifically for the maker. And I guess if you're more of a maker trying to set aside specific times to fill in for the any manager type schedule activities you have. So if you have a couple of meetings you have every week, see if you can put all them back to back on one afternoon that frees up the rest of your schedule for the deep work. Or if you're more of a manager schedule, then at least set aside half a day here or a day here where you can focus on the deep work and the tasks that need to be done with little interruptions. And I'll just give a couple of very quick examples. And I know these examples might be more related to my job, which was in the civil field, but I'm sure this would go to any engineer. But for example, if you're a manager, manager time would look to me like door open, interacting with people, people coming in and asking you questions about projects, you check in your emails, you maybe take a phone call here or there. Maker time for that same individual might be you got a stack of invoices that you need to get out. If you don't get them out, the company doesn't get paid. So you need to sit there for three hours or two hours and pump out your invoices. That maybe you may not think of that as creative work in terms of a maker, but that's a, something that requires focus 
for a long period of time and it's very important. Or it could be, as I said earlier, sitting down with a set of plans and specifications and spending two hours going through them comprehensively and making sure that nothing is wrong, right? I mean, something goes wrong, you got a lot of problems. So those are just some examples of those ideas, but we really want to challenge you to take a look at your schedule and try to take action on it because it will make a difference for you in your career, really in your life overall, when you just feel more organized and you're more productive in the right ways. And as I said, we're going to link to all these articles, Paul Graham's article, the Farnham article that I mentioned, there's a few other ones, and I hope that they'll be helpful for you. And, and like I said, take this content, take this information and go back to your company and present it. There's so many benefits to doing that. It's powerful. I've seen many engineers do it successfully. So with that, Chris, do you have any last things you'd like to offer up to the audience while we have you here? No, Anthony, I think it's a a lot of great ideas and I appreciate you having me on the podcast. All right. Thanks so much, Chris, for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the episode today with Chris Marshall on one of my favorite topics, which is productivity and planning. I think planning your week out For me, it's really important. I take an hour on Friday afternoons or over the weekend and I plan out my week. And that is the difference in terms of how much I'm able to accomplish and how much the Engineering Management Institute is able to accomplish. A couple things I want to let you know about real quick. First of all, there's a couple days left to get into our next live session of the Engineering Management Accelerator online workshop, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's an online workshop You'll spend one to two hours a week over five weeks, and you will build management skills, effective communication, confidence and public speaking skills, networking and productivity, and also leadership, delegation, learning how to inspire and engage people. You can find out the information at engineer2manager, that's engineer2manager.com. Next live session starts March 21st in a couple days. However, you can also sign up and take it on demand on your own pace or you can get in for the next session. If you prefer to come and see me live for training, I was thrilled to be selected as one of three speakers that'll be giving what ASCE is calling these power skills series for their members across the country. My first session will be March 29th in San Antonio. If you just Google ASCE power skills series, you'll find the ability to register for that session. It's an all day session that'll focus on building confidence, as well as building your leadership skills. Also, I'm excited to be partnering up with ENR to do an event in New York City on April 16th, which will also focus on management and leadership skills. And there'll be an afternoon session too, where you can practice your public speaking. And you could find that information at enr.com forward slash EMTS, Engineering Management Training Symposium, EMTS. All right, so we will post the show notes for this episode at our website at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. This is episode 198 of the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. In the show notes, you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during the episode. You can leave a question in the comments section. We monitor all comments and will respond if you leave us one. Until next time, I hope that you continue to engineer your own success. The strategies that you heard in this episode will be of no use to you unless you take action and start to implement them in your career immediately. To help you do that, we have designed a system that you can use at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. It combines live monthly webinars with PDHs, plus a private forum giving you access to coaches and premium content 
focused on helping you build your management and leadership skills. Join us for our next live webinar at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org and we'll help you engineer your own success.